0: All right, if I yell at any point during this, it's because my cat is trying to bite my elbow. He's, like, just getting the, like, the end of it, just jumping up because like, hanging off the chair, biting it. Nice.
1: All my all my favorite podcasts have cats in them. Like, um, dunked on the other day. The other Nate's cat, like, crawled up on the desk and just, like, lied there, and you could hear just through the microphone, just... <laughs> just, <laughs> just the cat purring while he's trying to speak.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple podcast. Uh, you guys know me, Nathan Schwartz, and of course, Nico and Dylan. Good evening. And good morning. <laughs> and good 2am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there such thing as a good 2am? It um, usually involves alcohol, I guess.
1: <laughs> alcohol or basketball.
2: Right, yeah. Basketball for me usually actually Um, i mean if you put it like that is there a bad 2 (laughs) a.m i guess not (laughs) i guess yeah actually 2 a.m can't be a bit hard when when it's your door waking you up so there we go that's a tough
0: 2 (laughs)
1: a.m yeah nothing worse than an involuntary 2 a.m
0: yeah that's fair well speaking of involuntary although semi-voluntary uh, we had a weird, uh, strange mid-season retirement. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge stepping away with an irregular heartbeat. Um, first off, let's just get some Lamarcus Aldridge takes out there. What are you guys going to remember most about his career? Do you guys feel he's a Hall of Famer? Um, where are we standing with Lamarcus?
2: Um, I think he's 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 kind of borderline uh, Hall of Famer. I think his career, uh, his his uh, I guess his level of play. Warren's a uh, hall of fame place but he never really i mean his his achievements uh, doesn't really stand out too much um, but but he was a really good player for a long time in portland and and had a few good years in in, in san antonio he did make the all-star team a lot so uh, i i guess he's 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 really close if not in the hall of fame uh, but a nice career all in all, all, in all.
1: yeah we've got seven time all-star two time well a five-time All-NBA player, obviously a couple of iterations. That that first Portland run with um Brandon Roy and and Greg Oden that really could have turned into something um if it, if it wasn't for unfortunate injury and then um, carrying over to the to the Damon C.J. era. And as a as a guy who grew up a fan of um a Western Conference team, I had the misfortune of of seeing my team go up against LaMarcus a lot. Definitely gonna have a lot of memories of LaMarcus and um. Nico, you were saying that the achievements maybe don't stand out as much as to a Hall of Fame, but the the career talent definitely does. I think one thing that's going to get lost is how great he was as a or, or how how good he was as a Spurs player, um, and how close they were to being a championship team. Um, if they didn't have to go up against that that juggernaut Warriors team, or you know, if, if Zaza doesn't take out Kawhi's ankles or his knees, then we could be talking about. NBA champion Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, but I think for sure he's a Hall of Famer. Um awesome career throughout the you know, sort the twenty tens. Um he was a, a consistent all-star level of player. And so I think that warrants a Hall of Fame entry. Nate, what are your what are your thoughts on Aldridge?
0: So I kind of think this is the darkest timeline for Aldridge. You know, had he just stayed in Portland, had he had he accepted that Lillard was a better player than him, we could be looking at Portland as champion. Had Kawhi stayed in San Antonio, maybe they're able to break through one of these years. Had Durant chosen San Antonio over Golden State, then it's LaMarcus, Kawhi, and Durant. He, he probably gets a ring. Um, everything kind of broke wrong for Aldridge. But I I always remember his playoffs with Portland where he averaged forty something points over the first two or three games. Like it was like back to back forties and like a high thirties. Um and I, I think they lost that series in five. But I, I don't know. I Aldridge was really good for a brief time. Um I, I think he makes the Hall of Fame. I'm sad to see him go out like this, but just like that, I do think uh that it, it opens the door for or the championship window um, you know we kind of debated how much these bio guys helped Brooklyn and I don't think they put them over the top but I think they shored up a lot of a lot of weak points that when you start losing them are now being shown again you know, since he's been out you started to see DeAndre you know, Jordan get more time and you know so, so they're just their roster is looking vulnerable again they've got some exposed holes I mean he's, he's always been a, a
2: really really good offensive big man, probably one of the most consistent like really good <clears throat> big men in, in in kind of that overlap we had with a with the big men kind of going out of out of fashion i guess but his game has always evol- uh, evolved during his career he, he his his three-point shooting got really good at at his at his stay in, in san antonio as at uh, in some of his seasons at least yeah but but his his uh, at his level of play i think he could have easily won a, a ring or two if everything kind of panned out as he he hoped i guess he did have a very unfortunate turn of events in in both portland and san antonio i guess in terms of his his teammates uh, getting injured or traded or whatever but i will always see him as like he is is a super well-rounded offensive player who could easily you know raise your floor to a uh, playoff team.
1: And I don't want to dwell too much on, uh, you know, sort of what he's missing out on by, by retiring now and not, getting out, not being able to finish out the season with the Nets. But, you know, championships are hard and it takes a lot of luck. You know, he didn't get the right breaks in his career, but certainly, you know, as I said, one of the, the absolute better players of the 2010s.
0: Unfortunately, not to move to a higher note, but to another uh, unfortunate injury, Jamal Murray is out for some time uh, there's talk that he may be able to come back in the playoffs, uh, but our last week I had the uh, the Nuggets as the number two championship hopeful, and uh, I had the Nets as the number one championship hopeful. I'm trying to reverse jinx the Lakers into uh, into winning this thing here. Uh, how do we feel losing Murray hurts Denver? Does it take him out of the conversation entirely? What are your guys' reactions? Um, I
1: think it probably puts a, a ceiling a lot lower than what it had been on this season. You know, Jokic is a, is a terrific talent who's an offense unto himself. Would I be surprised if he could get them through to, you know, a, a second round series? Not at all, but without that on-ball creator and another guy that can, you know, add, add to Jokic's offensive ability, I can't really see um, them getting to the offense needed to win a championship without him.
0: Do you think there's anything to them playing a more heliocentric offense to saying, okay, we don't have Murray, so Jokic has the ball? every moment of the every moment he's on the court um, I'm hoping to see a uh, michael Porter jr
2: kind of blossom under this uh, unfortunate circumstance i don't really think during the regular season at least this injury will impact the team too much i think their team is so deep that they can they can like cruise out the season without looking worse than they were before his injury because Jamal Murray was out before this injury a few times i think uh, he's been injured injured kind of a couple of times throughout the season um and just taking rest days so so he's not been 100 percent available throughout the season but of course during playoff they will miss him a lot definitely think this will put a ceiling on their potential in the playoffs
1: yeah and even for the regular season their their best hope was really to get up um into a higher seed to try to avoid going up against probably an la team in the first round. Uh, but they're they're at fourth right now, a game and a half back from from the Lakers. You imagine with LeBron and AD coming back, that they're going to make up that ground. So they're you know they're they're now more than likely going to have to get probably the Lakers or or maybe the Clippers in the first round, and that's going to be a tough ask.
2: Yeah, I guess they can they can hope for a little bit of first round luck in terms of maybe if they meet Lakers in the first round, maybe there's some rust from LeBron and AD being out so so much. So they can maybe hope for that and, and advance to the second round, but it's it's definitely going to be tougher without your like Jamal Murray. Uh, at times, is I guess he is just the primary
0: scorer uh, on that team when he's needed. I think you hit hit it kind of on the head, Nico, when you were talking about Michael Porter Jr. This is really going to be his chance to shine and show: is he is he able to step up and be a true offensive leader? Could he be the the main scoring punch for the Nuggets? And if he is, you know, maybe next season Jamal Murray's expendable uh, and they move the team in that direction. And if he's not, it, it's it's something to worry about for Denver. So I think this is an unfortunate circumstance, but could be really good for their team construction in the long term to try to see how this works. Um, it's kind of dangerous because next year is a contract year for both MPJ and Aaron Gordon. So you're kind of, you're running out of time before this could get really expensive.
1: Yeah, I mean they are they are still a fairly young team, um, especially their core. You know they've got some of the older guys on the roster, but but Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, those are your key guys, and those guys are still young. You know if they were a contender this year, if we say this is was maybe the start of their championship window, I don't think it's the end of it, and and maybe a, a chance for Porter to show what he's got if he can really um, blossom into a a more high end scorer that we I think we all think that he's has the potential to be then maybe that can that can help out the team but uh, the way it's shaping up if they get Lakers first round I think that's probably the worst possible matchup you know if you were to design a Jokic stopper it's probably just you just it's Anthony Davis so if 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 that's the first round series then I'd, I'd you know it's gonna take a an otherworldly improvement from Michael Porter Jr. Clippers first round though you know Denver is still a team that I'm scared of as a as a Clippers fan, I think if I, if I was the Clippers, I wouldn't want to um, catch them either. And and if Porter is, is making shots and getting wild and Jokic is, you know, 40-10 and tenning, then there's, a I guess, still a, a potential for an upset there if you know, we get some playoff P foibles. But this is looking like probably a first-round exit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sad at, after how well they've played all year. Um, but at least they don't have to worry about the play-in tournament, which is causing some strife. Uh, in in Texas amongst the uh, members of the Dallas Mavericks. We've had both Luca and Mark Cuban coming out uh, against the tournament and as as we're approaching it, how are you guys feeling about the idea of it? What tweaks would you make? Would you keep it in for next year? Uh, are we pro or are we anti the play-in tournament? So
2: The play-in tournament I, I think is um, exciting for, for the reason that I think it's good to see the nba experimenting on how to do the playoffs because i think there's a there's a need for for some uh, uh innovation <laughs> uh, i always had a hard time with conferences being so um kind of in, unequal in you know the west has have been so much better for a long time now so i think it's nice to see some some uh, some new stuff happening um, maybe it'll open up for more experimentation uh going forward i would love to see a bigger play-in tournament but more open seating so so maybe we'll have a group tournament in the future uh kind of like you do at the world cup stages and stuff like that um so i think it's nice to see some experimentation not that i'm super like excited for for the play-in tournament itself <laughs> like um it's, it's going to be interesting, and I'm looking forward to see how, it, how it's uh, turning out. But as a play playoff uh, component by itself, I'm not that excited. But, but it's it's good to see some experimentation.
1: Yeah, when they first announced it, I thought it was a good idea. And, and I've, I still think there are some good parts of it. Firstly, as you said, Nico, a, a willingness to innovate and a willingness to experiment and try something new, which is good. Cuban's comments were pretty much, he said, in hindsight, this was a terrible idea, you know, when we should be resting players, we'll have to keep playing deeper into the season, which is kind of like, firstly, in hindsight, it's a terrible idea because I imagine to start the season, he didn't think that they would be in a playoff, would, would be in the play-ins. And that's why it's a terrible, um, that's why it's terrible in hindsight. And then the other part of his comments was basically just selling the idea with, with the premise being that this playing game is going to make teams play further into the season. Um, and he basically said just that, you know, when teams are normally resting or they start tanking, there's going to be competitive games um, deeper into the season. In in general, I think I've, I've grown to oppose the idea. There's sort of three critiques, I guess, of it. Um, the first is that if you play 72 games, why should your fate have to hang on um, two games where, you know, anything can happen? Uh, you can get upset, you know, inferior teams can win games all the time just with shooting luck or whatever the case may be. So there's that critique. And then you've got the the schedule issues, which is another thing that um, obviously Cuban had a problem with, just that you've, you've now got to play all these games in a compressed schedule to fit in the play-in, and that's one more game where um, injuries and wear and tear can occur. Um, but the main reason that I'm against it is sort of a, a selfish reason in that I don't actually want the 11 C teams to keep trying to make the playoffs. Um I want them to trade away all their good players to to real playoff teams. Um whereas you saw like a, a team like the Bulls, um, you know, any other year they'd be they'd be trading Thad Young and he'd be helping a helping a contender. But instead they just double down because the play in is is so accessible. And and I dislike it for that reason.
0: Oh, I love it for that reason. I mean the Bulls just screwed themselves. And I kind of I, I love the fact that you've got some of these lesser franchises or you know, lesser chances saying, Ah, screw it. Let's let's go for it. Let's be buyers. Uh and now you've got some real stakes. Like seeing the heat make a trade where I don't think they did this this year, but for example, like let's say Boston made a trade and gave up a first round pick, which, you know, it's a hypothetical situation because Boston's never giving up picks. Um, So let's say they do that. Boston doesn't have much risk. You know, they're going to make the playoffs. That pick's not going to be anything. But having Chicago giving up picks where they're at and where they're likely to end, I just think that's... Now you got some wild scenarios out there. What if Orlando walks away with two top five picks from this draft, which is supposed to be really good and adds them to Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and Wendell Carter's looking nice. Boom, Orlando's rebuilt on the fly and they could be better than Chicago next season. I just, I think that's really fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's awesome for the, for the teams that suck anyway um but what about the bulls nate you need to you need to save these crappy gms and crappy owners from themselves and and not let them get get stuck in perpetual mediocrity which i've said before is 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 the thing that i hate most for an nba franchise is just um you're not going to win a championship with this team and you just keep riding it and you have no way to get out of it and no way to improve and that's that's um, what the Bulls are going to be stuck with while your Orlando Magic get two fo- two top five picks.
0: So I, I'm against anything that saves you from bad GMs. Like, listen, you can't trade draft picks in back-to-back years. No, get rid of that. Bad GMs, if they're going to screw things up, you shouldn't hire them. Or like, to be honest, a bad GM is also means bad ownership because he has to run everything past his owner. So if he's saying, hey, we're going to give up the next five years of our picks for two guys that are... St- Thirty six and thirty seven, maybe that's an, a cue that you as an owner should say no to that. Um, and, and maybe you know, going for the ten seed is another cue that maybe you should say no to your general manager. And, and to be fair, I think the bullish general manager is really good at the draft. Almost everyone he's drafted has has looked well. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to knock him or Taurus. Uh but I, I, I'm against protecting yourself from bad GMs. Get rid of the cat or get rid of max contracts cap i find having an overall cap but you know if someone wants to go out and pay a, a middling guy a max money or more than max money go for it let let bad teams sink themselves and let good teams try to thrive in these environments
1: Nate, the only trouble with the idea that the owners are gonna uh save themselves from the gym is that most nba owners are idiots too it's not just oh, yeah, dumb, it's not just dumb gyms, like oh. All these, all these owners are idiots. I mean, the They're one the prerequisite worst. to be a, to be an NBA owner is you just have to have money. Um, and, and the best owners are the ones who have a lot of money and then just stay out of the way. And, and if you, if you get to the state where the owner has to save his own franchise from his GM, you're going to get even worse outcomes.
0: I'm, I'm all for that. You know what? You're a billionaire. Show me what you got. Don't, don't hide behind your GM. Don't hide behind the step rule. Don't hide behind these other things. You know, it. If owners and GMs were truly smart, the thing that they'd do is move to a one through sixteen no conference playoffs a- and a- an even schedule where East and West teams play each other the same number of games. Because you have this thing where, because the West is so much better, they push bad Western Conference teams down to the bottom. So you always see a top tier of the West at the be- at like the highest, and then kind of a middling tier of West get pushed down below the garbage in the East and then the Western teams win the lottery and they take home Zion. They take home Ja, They take home, uh, Luka Doncic. And then those teams get good. And you have that middle East tier of Orlando and Detroit and Chicago that keeps getting those picks in the like six to 10 range that isn't good enough to push them out and isn't bad enough to like pull them down. So get rid of the one get rid of the conferences. That's, That's what gms and owners really should care more about
1: that's an interesting take i've never heard that one before obviously the the initial reaction to one through 16 as a east as an eastern conference owner is just hell no because now it's harder for me to get into the playoffs but the idea that you know it takes it takes two-thirds of of um owners to say yes so if you get you know basically every western conference team saying yes you get the top of the east saying yes because they get to face i think
0: top of the east says no because they yeah you're, you're
1: right you're right yeah now, now that i think yeah. about top of the east says no so so then you then you're lost again
0: it's you have to get the the middle of the east to say yes which it's them voting against making the playoffs and no owner wants to do that but if they do that they now have a better chance of getting the zions of getting the lucas and getting i mean even the anthony edwards and like lonzo ball is the best player from this draft so far and he fell to three so, like, good good job, Charlotte. But Minnesota and Golden State, two West Coast teams, had picks one and two again.
1: Yeah, and the bottom of the S probably, based on that logic, says yes, too, right? Because they get they get hammered more by the decent, but terrible Western Conference teams.
2: It would be easier for a bad team to tank if if that happened. Mm-hmm.
1: Nate, I think you're onto something. We need a, um, you know, if there are any NBA owners listening, I think you should be taking notes.
0: Can I say my only knock against the play-in tournament is that, I like the fact that it's seven versus eight and nine versus 10. Um, So, seven, eight play, and the winner gets the seventh seed. The loser plays the winner of the nine, 10. So, that way, if you're in nine, 10, you have to win two. And if you're in seven of eight, you only have to win one. My only gripe with that is seven versus eight could be Golden State and Dallas. And that should be the marquee game of this. But I don't feel like there's much stakes. Like if you lose that, cool. Now I get to play San Antonio for a chance at the eighth seed. You know, not hmm. not the best outcome, but or like yeah. you know, there's still risk at that. But I mean, if I'm Golden State, cool. I'm just gonna rest and tank that Dallas game so that we can go all out against San Antonio and try to win that.
1: Well, I think I think there's no way that you um just throw away a game and and hope that you can you can win one game. You know, anything can happen. Um, but I get what you're saying. Do you think a 7 versus 10 8 versus 9 losing your out would be preferable?
0: I don't know because then still if they both win and now they're playing each other for who gets the 7 and 8, that game has no stakes. So I don't know how to build stakes in the marquee game. And that's that's what I kind of want to figure out.
1: Yeah, I guess 8 versus 9. What well, is it what's 8 versus 9 is that a is that uninteresting? Memphis Golden State
0: it's not the most interesting
1: yeah i guess i guess dallas san antonio memphis golden state that's not really Mm -hmm. that's not really that amazing
0: you you two are not american sports uh well you you two are not americans what is it are there other competitions and other playoff brackets that maybe american listeners aren't as familiar with because to my knowledge as an american sports fan this is pretty standard playoffs you know there's not too much flash or razzle dazzle.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking as, as we were talking about it, it's it's kind of complex. So maybe maybe you won't catch it or, or be able to follow in the listeners too. But the NRL, the National Rugby League of Australia and New Zealand, I don't know if they still do it this way, but they, they certainly did when I was following more. They've got a, an interesting system where you get sort of high-end matchups earlier on. Although I guess the downside would be that it includes a buy, and maybe buy in NBA isn't isn't good. But I'm trying I'm trying to remember it correctly. I think it's I think it's one plays four, two plays three in the first round. Winner gets a buy. Loser plays uh, the winner of um, I guess it's five versus eight, six versus seven. Um, so that the upside there is that uh, you get good teams facing off early. You don't get that you know less of a risk of missing out on you know a, a an awesome series because um, because the bracket breaks wrong or, or there's a you know there's a weird upset or an injury you know you get right off the bat the four best teams all playing each other and then you get the lower four with high stakes because loser immediately goes um, but those top four teams loser then has to play another series and the winner just goes straight through um, so that mm. could be something interesting as I say the only downside that I think is that the the winner gets a buy, which I don't know if you want as an NBA team, you might just prefer to play a series and not be rusty at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I was doing doing some digging into the history of the NBA and in the first actual year of the NBA, after it merged the NBL and the BAA together to form the NBA, their playoffs had, well, their, their regular season had three divisions, uh, East, Central and West. And then when they hit the playoffs, each of the divisions had four teams make the playoffs, which played one through four within the division. And then when they each got down to their final team, the team with the best record had a bye. Mm. So it was like you do the first round, you do the, the divisional yeah. finals at the time. yeah. And then one of those three divisional finals has a bye, and two of the other division finals play each other. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a terrible system.
1: That's sort of... um almost like a world cup sort of pool system though right instead of instead of pools it's just divisions but the you you play within your pool and then the winner goes on to the yeah i I guess the playoffs but yeah then you've got the issue of buys again i don't know if i think it's probably a detriment to an nba team trying to build momentum for a for a playoff run to just you know have an entire week where you don't get to play any games while your opponents do
0: yeah I, i wonder if it's almost a way for you to try to incorporate your g league team more i'm just thinking you Know if the Lakers had a bye, they could bring in the LA defenders to, to scrimmage against them to run sets. Um, at, or I guess probably using the Lakers' own bench is going to be a slight be slight better than G League, but just thinking of trying to bring in different, uh, different looks to kind of go against and keep you fresh.
1: Yeah, and depending on how the other series are going to, you know, you get an entire week to sort of scout and prepare for whoever you might go up against and and just really hammer down and focus and actually get practice which nba teams never get um so i guess there could be a little bit of a benefit that way i was listening to the athletic um they have a podcast called nerda she wrote um and they were they were talking about i think it was uh, i can't remember his name he was a video coordinator for the clippers he was talking about how doc wanted the scouting report essentially of the next team they were facing in the in the playoffs by the end of, of whatever that game was to um to close out the series that they were in. Um so for for those guys to get more time, you know, an entire week to sort of prepare for whoever they're going up against, you know, you you're just gonna be a really well coached and well scouted and well prepared team. So I guess there is a potential upside, but I think overall you'd probably just prefer to to play a real NBA competition.
0: Well, what if instead of doing this play-in tournament, th- there's been a lot of talk that the NBA wants to do some sort of a mid-season tournament? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, drawing from any sort of international competitions that you might know of, there's really not much of that here in the states.
1: From from the NRL again, the the perfect game. I think that I that I really want to see. This kind of um, became an idea of mine. Um, a few years back as a replacement at the time to the All-Star game, where, you know, up until recently, I think the All-Star game was was super boring and pretty crappy. And I think they've kind of got um, got it a bit better. In rugby league, there's a game called State of Origin, which is the best players get selected from all the different NRL teams based on, on basically where they're from, either um, the, the two main states that play rugby league in Australia are uh, New South Wales and Queensland. And so they, they pick the best players from New South Wales and the best players from Queensland. This happens about halfway through the season and, and they throw them together and, and just, um you know, what's probably the best display of, of rugby league that exists. And I think something like that in the NBA could be interesting. The reason that I, that I kind of devised it as a replacement for the All-Star game was the reason that the All-Star game kind of sucked is there were no stakes. Um, there's nothing to play for, you know. You can't really build pride in one team or rivalries because players just jump across different conferences and they're on different teams every year. Whereas with with state of origin, it's it's you know it's a lot of pride. It's who's the better state. You know, there's a lot of passion and a lot of pride and guys just really going hard out. And so if if there was a way to do that in the NBA, I don't know if it's east versus west or or if that would be too one-sided. Um, but just where you've got consistent guys every year, I'm on the same team. I'm playing for you know, the city that I grew up in or the town that I grew up in or the state that I'm from. And and this is a this is a pride thing, you know, I'm playing for um, the West Coast or whatever it may be. And and that's a way to sort of get the best players together and have them playing for something.
0: I've always thought it would be fun to redo the All-Star team game uh, and split the teams by age, just whatever the median age is. You got the older players on one side, the younger players on the other. And I feel like that works because you kind of like grow up with the same guys and eventually they flip over to being mm. on the other the other side of the dividing line. Um, my, high, my high school used to always do a, a fundraiser that was like uh, the, the varsity versus the alumni. And so alumni would come back for year after year. And eventually when so many alumni came back, it just became an alumni game. And that's how they divided us was like, you know, all right, how many years have you been since you graduated? Whatever the median dividing line was where they split the teams with how many of the guys were there. Um, and I just like, I think that'd be cool to have like LeBron Trout out there next to Chris Paul versus, you know, Zion and then Luca. And you get to kind of have this debate of is the old guys or the young guys?
1: Yeah, we have kind of a similar thing in New Zealand and club rugby um, that they call, um, I believe the old boys game. Which is essentially it's just, you know, the, the the club team plays a game against former players for that for that club. But in terms of an NBA all star game, don't you think it'd just be a bloodbath that the old guys would just would just beat down on these young guys every year?
0: I don't know. Some of the young guys really want it. I think it's really gonna be depending on who gets The middle-aged guys the the Giannis type that really want to go for it and are kind of in their prime I don't know where he would stand in the in an age split
1: he'd definitely be on the younger side I think any of you split like like just roughly the over 30 guys against under 30 to try to get some idea um you know like Chris Paul KD LeBron I think they're just kind of torching whoever they're going up against.
0: This also doesn't help for an idea of a mid-season tournament and uh, to get the teams playing, you know, to kind of replace the the play-in game. How would you guys feel if all 30 teams, middle of the season, went into a a, like two-week stretch where they were only allowed to play guys 25 and under it was like built-in rest time for the older guys maybe 27 and under and they had a single elimination tournament where the winner got some draft asset maybe like the automatic 10th pick and then the first round had 31 picks and you either went above or below would you guys be interested in that with that peak you get would that drive viewership up in your mind
1: i think it's, that that sounds kind of interesting the only trouble is that you're just going to get like a lot of sub nba players playing well, I, guess, I guess when you get like a team like, I don't know, Dallas, where they've got Luca and, and KP against my Clippers putting out Terrence Mann and Zubats, you, you get a little bit of um, a talent disparity. Although that could actually be a, a, a good thing as well for the rebuilding teams. Typically, you know, rebuilding team is ideally good young players. Um, and, and so they theoretically have an advantage over the contenders who are all veteran players, which which could help for rebuild as well and also give those guys who don't win very many games a chance to play for something. So I think that could actually that could actually work and be, be pretty cool.
2: When I'm thinking about watching an NBA game, I'm always hoping the best players are playing. I want to see the stars playing. I want to see how good a team is. I don't want to see like a half-ass uh, role-playing team uh, roll out after the... So if if it's really a problem for players to play all these games, 82 games a season, maybe you should just shorten the
0: season and do something else. I think that's probably where the league needs to go. I don't know if they ever will just go to shortening the season without trying to introduce one of these money-making kind of gimmicks. I I think the nice thing about the 25 and under tournament is it gives teams a chance to rest their stars, gives some of the younger bad teams stakes to play for. You know a chance to really go for something and it also kind of sets the tone and says you're not going to have your you're not going to have the older players who's here for this week so maybe a little bit less resting throughout the rest of the season and a little bit more competitive games because everyone's got you know the same handicap so you don't have the one game where like the lakers don't have lebron ad but everyone else is full strength or you know the clippers don't have Kawhi and paul george because they're resting and they're playing a full strength Philadelphia team. It's it's everybody's, you know, lost their elder players and has to rely on some of the young guys and just add some volatility to who you would think is are good and bad.
1: How would you feel about a, not really a mid-season game, but like a, in addition to, I guess, a postseason tournament where you sort of um, somehow devise teams made up of the best players from the teams that don't make the playoffs and have them play some sort of exhibition type game?
0: Yeah. At that point, I'm like, just just go enjoy your off-season.
1: They, they don't deserve a vacation. They, they should they, they they should have played harder if they wanted a vacation.
0: Exactly. One, two,
2: three, Cancun. Yeah. So I'm thinking about what, what are they doing in the League? And, you know, when teams are knocked out in the League, it's not like they're just going away entirely. They have their National League as well. Uh, so I think that's kind of the problem with thinking about ideas like that for the NBA. Because if, if, let's say, you're knocking out all the bottom bottom Four teams for, for for both conferences at some point of the uh, season. Uh, w- what are they doing? <laughs> I mean, uh, are they just going on vacation? <laughs> so so there's not really a, a a league system beneath the NBA that makes sense for for these NBA teams to play in. I, I mean, would you what you wanna see uh, Oklahoma City and and some of these teams at the bottom uh, compete in the G League at that point? I'd love
0: to see them play the the national college winner. Right. Oh. I just don't want to ever have that debate again of like, could this national t- title winner beat an NBA team? Yeah. I remember when the Joakim Noah uh, Florida State team won back-to-back titles and they compared them to Memphis and it was when they still had POW and it was like, yeah, Memphis would wipe the floor with Florida. <laughs> right they always do that when when some college team is doing
2: great
1: yeah like Kentucky against the the process sixes was one that came up
2: yeah, yeah. and and this year uh, they, they t- talked about how Jalen sucks would 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 be a great starter for an NBA team um on a championship and
1: <laughs> come on just just to be clear rookies suck at basketball um they suck right. in the NBA so um the the worst nba team would obliterate the best college team
2: yeah but but maybe you have like the top two uh teams and the uh bottom four nba teams joining the g league that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nah, just gonna be weird but but it would be interesting yeah. to see what happens if 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 you did something like that, you know, kind of created create a uh, half a season of a some kind of lesser league would be interesting for scouting and stuff like that. Yeah, because you you would probably have the best prospects in 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 the uh, in the nation playing in that tournament.
1: What do you think about like a all NCAA team? So like you you choose the best twelve or whatever players against the all hmm. G League team. Do you think that would be a fair matchup? Because college is super popular, so I think that'd be like it'd get viewership
0: like a college all-stars versus g-league champion Mm -hmm. or g-league mvp wait are we going g-league all-stars just
1: just, just yeah g-league all-stars
0: oh i take the g-league hands down yeah i mean one of one of the things is like the physical maturation between a 19 year old and a 25 to 27 year old like i i am not a good basketball player i never made it very far in my own career but when i coached high schoolers as like a 25 year old I'm like oh I have grown man strength and like I'm processing things mentally faster and I can smoke a lot of high schoolers that are better than I was when I was in high school just because I'm older and stronger and more physically developed like these mm-hmm. kids are better than I was at that age. They are better players than I ever was or will be. But I I can beat them with ease now because I'm like fifty pounds heavier and only twenty of that's alcohol. So it's like you're Lamarcus Aldridge and you're posting up
2: uh, John Morant or or Pokershevsky. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Obligatory poker reference.
2: Always got to have that one. Did you see Pogo? He got a he, he got a big
0: angle break on him. That's nice. Yeah. So Poku's not there yet. No. But Dylan had a uh, an interesting idea here to talk about playoff players. And in that kind of classic Draymond sense, there are 82 game guys and there's 16 game guys. And there are number one options and there are number two options. And. All that to say, Dylan, would you like to preview what you thought would be fun to talk about?
1: Yes, yeah, so I thought just as a, as a variation to the classic ranking players or ranking playoff players, you know, which is always interesting, but it's also um, pretty pretty cliched and it, it's done a lot by smarter people than us. But I thought if if you add the caveat that it's, you know, you're, you're ranking the best players, but it's as a number one option on a playoff team. As an example, you know, Anthony Davis is absolutely a, a top, Five top ten playoff player, but you maybe wouldn't feel so good if he if he was your number one option. Um, you know, he's the very best possible second option, but maybe not so much as as the guy. And so basically, the idea is we're gonna rank the best number one options on a playoff team. It make it, it may get weird pretty fast. Um, the top may be somewhat predictable, but I think it's um, an, an interesting conversation.
0: Would you like to start us off with who you believe is the most the best number one option for a playoff team?
1: Right off the bat, this is pretty difficult, but I'm, I'm going to not overthink it and just say that it's the guy who coincidentally is the best player on a regular season team. Or, or the best overall player in the game. I think after last year, the the number one player that I want on a, on a playoff team is still LeBron James. Not Taylor Horton
0: Tucker. Hey, they both got championship ranks.
1: As I said, Nate, we're not ranking second best options. We're not ranking the 1Bs. We're just doing the 1As, yeah. okay?
0: This is the alpha, alpha dog uh, team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nico, you want second or third pick here?
2: Give me the third pick, cause, cause I'm actually struggling between two players. So,
0: so maybe you will make it easier for me. Okay. So I've given this a lot of thought. Um, I want to go with Durant. I'm not going to, but I wanted to go with Durant because I do feel like he's the second best player out there. I feel like he has enough of the dribbling and ball handling skills to be a primary distributor and really take on the point forward role in a limited playoff series. Cause we're talking on like seven games. Can he go all out or 16 games go all the way through the playoffs? Um, I guess a max of like 23, if every series goes to seven, uh, but just with how injury prone he's been this year, I'm a little bit scared off of him. The second choice is of course, Kawhi. So that that's, Another obvious a- answer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get weird, and I'm going with Jokic.
1: Oh, shit.
0: that with Nate. didn't make it easy, you know. I-, I have to go with Jokic because I feel like if-, if we're going playoff series, he can distribute the ball better than anyone else left on the board. So we're going to get the maximum out of him and his teammates. He has proven in the playoffs that he can play a f- near full 53-minute game, you know, forty eight and overtime. Um he's gonna bang down low. And although the center is on the rise, I still have I think value above replacement for him at center is just so high. And when it comes down to it, I would don't want to pick a small guy this high. So that I think Jokic is my my answer for the number two, number one.
1: Nate, Nate, Nate. God damn it! Nate. <laughs> <laughs> you you do realize that Kawhi and KD have like both won championships <laughs> as the best player. Yeah, but as, that was as, as the as the alpha dog, the number one. <laughs>
2: yeah, but
0: that was then. <laughs> you gotta
1: get those guys gotten off the
2: board better you. <laughs> okay, so so Nate got the MVP. Ah, <sighs> I, I can see the points. He's 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 a guy who's proven to to be a. Uh, he can, he can run a marathon during the playoffs. Like he, he's, he's been good.
1: Very slowly.
2: Very slowly. Yes, yes. But he was not even in my top five. Neither. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm picking the Mercenary. That's my nickname for this guy. Um, so I'm, I'm picking Kawhi Leonard. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Wait, how does Kawhi get the nickname
0: of the Mercenary over Durant?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi, he's he's picking his own missions. I guess uh KD is doing that as well. No, Kawhi have, have proven to be both a very good regular season player this this year and last year last year. I mean he 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 wins a championship on every team. He can win a championship on every team. He's just so good. Yeah, I might have overthought this.
1: Yeah. I I was I was tossing up Kawhi at the top. Um and right. I think the I think the main argument for Kawhi or Durant even as as the number one guy, is as a as a just down the stretch close game need a bucket, LeBron is not necessarily that guy. Whereas right. Kawhi um, in twenty nineteen and and Durant in twenty eighteen, they both proved that if you need a bucket, just give them the ball and and in high stakes moments they can get that done for you. Right. Whereas you know LeBron needed rail and he needed Kyrie and last year didn't have really the need to, to really play in any close games.
2: I feel like KD and Kawhi might be the best playoff performers. I guess LeBron got got the durability with him. But, I mean, Kawhi have been... as I mean, I mean, durability have been the problem with Kawhi at large parts of his career. Injury haven't been a big problem for him the last couple of seasons, as I see it. So I think Kawhi and LeBron could be the number one. Um, but... I mean, LeBron has made the playoffs every single year since he arrived in the league, almost. So, anyway, who's your number two, Dylan?
1: I'll, I'll just give you one step before I before we move on from LeBron. Um, last year in the playoffs, in the clutch, he shot nineteen percent from the field, um, yeah. and that that's the argument for a guy like Kawhi or my pick, Kevin Durant,
0: or my pick, Nikola Jokic. I don't know what he shot
2: in those moments, but. <laughs> I'm scared of KD at the moment because he seems like he's he's taking a lot of games off due to injury problems.
1: Yeah. I mean that that is a that is a concern. You know, you don't know if he's gonna be healthy in those moments. Um you don't know if he can if he can hang around for an entire playoff stretch or an entire playoff run. Um but you do know that if if he's available that he can get it done. More so than, you know, choosing another guy who's more healthy but you you aren't you have those concerns over.
0: So You've left me with a little bit of a dilemma here in the fact that I have some heightism in me, and I don't necessarily want to pick a small guy. But I have I have major flaws with Giannis in the postseason, even though I think the Bucks are the Bucks are my pick to come out of the East. I, I don't necessarily know if I love him as the number one offensive option because he actually gets stalled out the most as the easiest to kind of build a wall. I, I, I think I have to go Steph Curry, which. It is a little bit alarming um, and a little bit worrisome that we don't have another bigger player in here that I feel more comfortable with because the, the playoffs always gets harder on small guys. And we always saw that with Chris Paul. You know, Dame Lillard is always fantastic in the playoffs, but gets the clamps put on him or or runs into that wall where he just he's too small to do it all in the playoffs but curry curry has overcome that and curry has led a team to a championship and he's statistically outperforming his mvp season this year so curry is going to be my my pick for the number five number one for a 16 game playoff run
1: yep and i can't argue with that i think i think it's the right pick and that's probably now that we've gotten to five um i feel like there's sort of a a big drop from any of these guys to to the next guys that we're going to pick and I think these are the five guys that you know that you could win a championship with as your best player. Um, and I think the rest of these guys that we're going to be selecting from, you, you can now poke big holes in.
2: But I feel like you can't. You you can kind of pick holes in uh, in Steph Curry as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you know he's he's not going to give you any defensive presence really. And I mean he is a number one, of course he is. But he he needs he needs a very good secondary uh, player to to. Kind of live out his potential. I, I couldn't see him like in in Dallas instead instead of Doncic. I mean, I, I don't think he will. He would make Dallas a better team than Doncic can. Yeah.
1: A, l- a little bit system system specific, but if you have the yeah. right pieces around him, you've got a, right. a solid secondary option. Definitely. Probably an, another guard who can pick up a primary point guard. Then you know that he's good enough on the offensive end to to get it done for you, and and if if you've got the right pieces around him, you can be pretty confident that he he could win a championship as the best guy.
0: Definitely. So Nico, who is your selection for the next best number one option?
2: Oh right, I um, actually didn't think I was I was going to pick between these two. Uh, I'm still kind of in doubt, but I guess in terms of getting
0: my team to the playoffs. Oh no 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 no! We're talking in the playoffs because. Because if we're talking getting to the playoffs, then people like Chris Paul or Dame Lillard have higher value if we're just Mm. talking in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I I think James Harden might be a pretty good pick here, but we haven't really seen him uh, get that far in the playoffs, but. But I kind of think that that's more of a, um, I mean, he did meet Golden State Warriors and yeah, they were pretty good. I think if, maybe if, if James Harden and his Rockets team was in the East, he would be easily in the finals.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got him pretty close, right? If if one of those 27 or whatever it was, threes fall, yeah. then we could be talking about a guy who has proven to be a champion um, yeah. that, that conquered you know, the, the Golden State juggernaut. I was
2: I was really hoping Nate picked Giannis because I I don't I don't really want to. Mm. I, I I love just Harden. Keeping the Giannis
0: hate going.
2: Yeah, let's let's keep it going. I love well, Harden this season, and I think he's proven to be a good playoff performer. He's he's just not really had the help on his teams to um to really get there, and I mean he's he's been facing all time great teams. I'm picking uh I'm picking James Harden.
1: I mean even though we already picked Durant um much higher up on the list, I think you can make a very good argument that Harden is the best player and the number 1 option on this Nets team who we all consider to be a very legitimate um championship contender.
2: Right, but let's say uh, KD is injured. Uh, would you uh would you be afraid? I mean I, I would still see uh, Nets as as a as a favorite in in the East actually, uh if KD is down. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. He's that good?
1: Yeah. If if I have money on the Nets to win the championship and and KD goes down, I'm you know I'm I'm needing defibrillation. But, but as as it stands, I think you know he he is arguably the best player on that team, the number one option, and I think there's a very real chance that they can win the championship this year. So for even though all of the past failure that he's had. A lot of people have the Nets as champions as the predicted champions, so I think that's a perfectly reasonable call to make. All right.
0: Are we doing one more round of this or two more rounds? That's gonna influence my next pick. Let's do two more. I'm done. Okay. With All right, Dylan. Where, where are we at? But we're at we're at six? Uh we're at seven.
1: We're at oh you're you're picking seventh or Nico just picked seventh?
0: Nico just picked six.
1: Okay. Yeah, let's 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 do twelve. You might get you All might right. get some weird players on the end, but let's let's keep it keep it fair. This is where it gets really tricky because it's hard to see any player that we haven't named already being the the number one guy on a championship team.
0: I mean, you still have Giannis and Lillard out there. Is pretty.
1: Yep that doesn't that doesn't change my change my statement. Yeah. So those those are the three guys that I'm choosing between. It's it's kind of hard to see any of them. You know, they're not sort of that top, quite that top tier of player that some of the other guys who have chosen are. But with theoretically a decent supporting cast. Give me the Wonder Boy. I'll, I'll take Luca um, with the right teammates around him. His ability to create offense for himself and for others, and to hit ridiculous shots. If you need it, you know, if you need him to make a three-point floater um, to to win a game, I, I've got faith that he can do that. And, and so I'm I'm taking Luca.
0: I don't even think you need to have faith. He just showed that he can. Like maybe it's how much time i spent in religious organizations but i was taught that faith is a belief in something unseen and luca has shown us it so it hath now been seen
1: to an extent i mean it's been
0: it's limited sample size sure but
1: trying to find the freaking game who the hell is it against?
0: uh memphis i believe yeah
1: right yeah it's it's been it's been seen in a um regular season game against memphis against a another championship contender it is unseen, but I will have faith in the unseen and, take Luca as my pick great pick i can see the look of uh, i wish i could describe the look of pride on your face as i as i made <laughs> the case for Luca being the best player in a championship team
0: yeah, I'm, I'm so happy he's picked before Giannis. i feel like i have to disrespect Giannis further uh <laughs> and select Embiid.
1: Ooh. oh yeah. that's a good pick actually
0: because you know with Embiid, a lot of his problems have been health or the health of the 76ers in general around him but when he's healthy he's He is a dominant force offensively and defensively, Mm. and no one in the East has someone who can match up on him. So if I have to talk about who I believe can be the number one team or number one guy to carry his team to the, the finals, I think Embiid has as good a chance as Durant, as Giannis, and... The, the thing I don't like about choosing him as a center, even though I do have my heightism, um, is that he's not a ball handler. And so he does run into some of those flaws that I think Anthony Davis runs into of you have to have someone who gets him the ball uh, a lot of the times. You know, he, it, I shouldn't say he's not a ball handler at all, or neither is. Davis is a ball handler to some degree as well. But like they're more lethal when they have someone feeding them than they are when they're trying to create for themselves. And so that is my knock...
1: It's hard to dribble the ball up the entire court and then move, you know, back your way down into a post up as a big man. Right.
0: I mean,
2: that's the case with Jokic as well. Uh, I mean, he's a good ball handler, but he's definitely better when when someone is giving him the ball.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and I love that pick of Embiid, Nate for for a couple of reasons. Is if Embiid is your best offensive player, if he's your number one option, you can also be pretty confident that your defense is going to be great. You know, he's the the an all nba level defender as well and so we're, we're picking guys like harden and like um curry and Doncic who can single-handedly get you to to a very good offense but the defense um you know they're limited defensively you need other good defensive players you don't know that you're going to have if those guys are your best player you don't know that you're going to have a good defensive team whereas picking Embiid for for the reason that i didn't like the jokic pick also is it, it guarantees that you're a good defense whereas you know, Jokic guarantees a good offense, but also guarantees you know a, a limit on your defense.
0: All right,
2: Nico. So another guy who's guaranteeing your good offense and who will make the uh, the last shot every time. Um, I, I kind of want to pick Damian Lillard. Yeah, mm. he's a clutch performer. Um, he can make shots from the half court. He's like the uh, lesser version of Steph Curry, and I I, I can't go uh, go without picking uh, Damian Lillard.
0: So that's my pick. I think Lillard, Lillard has all of the great qualities that you want in a number one, yeah. aside from height. And his biggest flaw is that he just hasn't had a number two or a number hmm. three, like at almost every series he goes into. And no disrespect to CJ McCollum, who is is a good player, and Yusuf Nurkic, who is solid but generally if you stack up the starting fives of of any blazer series and you start picking players Lillard might be the second player picked which is already disadvantaged but then CJ and Yusuf are usually not number three or four usually you know if you're looking at them versus the Lakers last season you take LeBron one it's debatable if you take Lillard two but he was super hot so I'd probably take him two and then you take Davis three and it just there's only so much he can do by himself right he's just a number one guy and and someone
2: i would trust at the end of the game and also again like if portland was in the east i would see them as a top team and he's been a little bit unfortunate in, in terms of uh, his teammates getting injured in, in the past I, I don't think he's had a like a playoff run ever where all his teammates is just 100 healthy and I'm I'm really confident in in, uh, in in Portland being able to do something this season. I think it seems like there there's more consistency in 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 Portland this
0: season than in the past in the past uh, few seasons. All right, final round. Who are our ten, eleven, and twelve number one options? My pick. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. Don't do it to me.
1: The disrespect stops now. Good man. Um, my pick is is back-to-back reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. (laughs) We haven't seen him get it done yet. Right. You know, they're looking good this year. You've got that thing that I spoke of with Embiid. If he's on your team, you're going to be a good defense, uh, which is also important. You know, he he is an incredibly well-rounded and and dominant player. The one thing that he probably lacks is a bit of shot creation, which is, is something that you're looking for in a in a number one which is obviously why he's you know a top five player and he lasted this far when we're we're picking um, playoff players you know there are 48 minutes in a playoff game and maybe he's not a top 10 guy in those those final two minutes but for the first 46 he's he's one of the you know one of the five best players so I'm I'm, I'm confident that he can he can um, be a dominant defensive player and get you some offense and that's why I'm taking him here
0: I I have a confession, which is that I heavily weighed choosing Chris Middleton instead of Giannis, <laughs> um, just because it, Middleton's game is way more suited to the playoffs. He he has this back to a basket mid range game, which you know we always talk about how the mid range is dead or dying in the regular season, but the mid range in the playoffs it. it it's what makes or breaks playoff teams, and Middleton is really good in that kind of high post mid range area.
1: And that's that that can be a a contributing factor to arguing for Giannis too. Is you know maybe he's not the guy that is going to ice you with the final bucket, but there are very good second option players who can. You know, like we we chose LeBron first, and um, the biggest shot in his playoff career was made by a teammate. Um, so if you get Giannis with a, a talented scoring second option, then absolutely he can be a number one guy.
0: So I'm not taking Middleton, although I do kind of want to. Uh, I I am going to go with Anthony Davis. You know, he didn't have that many playoff appearances in New Orleans. But when he got there by himself, uh, he averaged over 30 points both times. So the first four-game sweep, 31 31 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks. Great, great production, great performance. Yeah, he got swept by the Warriors, but the rest of his team wasn't that great. Um, his next year, he made the the second around 30 points, 13 rebounds, two and a quarter blocks. You know, I, I would like to have seen him have more of like a giannis level performances by himself. But I think also in the Western Conference, and we can't discount how much harder the West is. You know, it, it, if Davis had been in the East with Drew Holiday, maybe those two make a deep playoff run. Are, are Davis and Drew any better, any worse than Giannis and Middleton were. Um, I'd say arguably they would be a better duo had they, you know, because they just by simply not having Bledsoe, but weighing them down like an anchor. So I think Davis, he he does suffer from the need of someone to feed him the ball. But I also think he's developed a lot more in his game than he, than he was when he was making the playoffs in New Orleans.
1: To talk about defense again, if you're choosing one player to give you a great, not regular season but playoff defense. AD is probably that guy given his versatility that he can protect the rim, guard, you know, forwards and and switch out onto onto smaller players. Um so when he's when he's on your team and we've seen the damage they can do with, you know, that Portland series comes to mind where him and Drew just just, you know, absolutely destroyed Damian Lillard. Um, and made his, his life incredibly difficult. So if we if we're talking defense, then A D is is the number one pick. Um so that, that really has to factor into this um this two way discussion.
0: Absolutely. Nico, you wanna close us out? Yeah, but the list is getting really shallow. Like
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. the the step down now is pretty big, I think.
0: It's between Donovan Mitchell now and Jimmy Butler for me. Not gonna throw any love towards Paul George, towards no. uh Jason Tatum, uh, no. Trey Young, Julius Randle. No, definitely not. <laughs> do
1: you know who um I, I was looking this up um earlier today. Um do you know who leads the league in isolation points per game? Bearing in mind that the playoffs is a lot of ISO ball.
0: Uh Alec Burks.
1: Sorry, points points per position. Hmm. It it is his former teammate, Austin Rivers. So if we're talking about getting a bucket one on one at the end of the game, do you want to give some consideration to the leading ISO scorer in the league?
0: Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we have to put like a, a minimum attempts here on that uh, that stat.
1: Hey, I did. At least one attempt per game.
0: D- can we put a minimum games on that of like five games?
1: I think you had like twenty two or something.
2: Uh, as I see it, there's not really a there's not really a lot of, you know, clear number one guys left i guess paul george
0: is there a number two that you might want to make the case could be a number one?
2: i mean the best number two might be paul george mm. but i kind of want to give utah some love since they are their number one seed mm. now i'm going jimmy butler mm. jimmy can give me great defense as well he can win it at both ends and we've seen him
1: here's the best here's the number one option on, on last year's finals team Right, and if it weren't for some injuries, maybe that's um yeah you know there's a there's a chance that he could have been a champion.
2: He was the best player in the playoffs last season, and he was good in Philly as well. He's he's a guy who demands a lot in terms of uh, chemistry.
1: He did just tell his team that they were losing games without him because they were soft.
2: Right, but he's an alpha dog, and. as a number one option, I, I, I think he might be the best player left. I'll also consider maybe CB3 a bit. Haven't really shown to be a great number one option. Mm. I'm going Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's my fourth pick. Would you guys be willing to like close this out with a fifth quick pick? Because uh, then I could, then we have a, a full team. <laughs> Do we have more Elphes left?
0: it's it's real thin but
1: mm. uh
0: given it given it's almost uh it's 3 15 a.m here i think uh i think one final round and then uh then wrapping the pod sounds like a good plan all right, all
1: yeah. right let's let's rapid fire no explanation given yeah. off the top of your head nate do you want me to go or do you want to go yeah you go all right i'll i'll get jason tatum
0: gross i hate it
1: <laughs> me too
0: uh i'm I'm going old school. I still trust him, even though there's no, absolutely zero reason to trust him. I'm going Demar Derozan.
1: Oh, that's like <laughs> the that's like the the, the <laughs> last pick of who would you, <laughs> who you would want is the number one option on a playoff team.
0: Listen, the man's the man can handle ISOs. He has playoff experience, albeit playoff oh, experience. Good playoff experience.
1: <laughs> it is
0: still playoff experience. playoff <laughs> experience. <laughs> right <laughs> You said rapid fire. Yeah, let's go with... Uh, I'm going with Donovan Mitchell. That's my last pick. Yeah, you probably got the best one of that. I should have gone Chris Paul, but I was just looking at ISO scores. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, 1.2 points per possession. This is great. Right. He's good, but he's not going to... You know, your mouth few-
1: sped it out before your brain could really process what you were, what you were saying. I oh, have no one, regrets. 1.2 points. Demarne and
2: at, at least your team has a weakness now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great
1: uh,
0: let's quickly just uh dylan who are your five that you got
2: i, I got them all right down uh, if, you, if you want you got to you got them.
1: mine too right list them off because like okay
2: yeah okay so so dylan's team is pretty damn good he's, he's got lebron as his uh, number one pick kd Doncic, then Yanis and tatum uh nate you have uh, jokic as your number one pick then you got Steph. then you got Embiid davis and the rosen all right we're rolling
0: out with that five and we're going big
2: <laughs> right it's a very big team you got davis at your at your small forward position okay so uh, and, and my team is consisting of uh Kawhi as my number one pick then i had uh james harden uh damian lillard jimmy butler and donovan mitchell So I'm going kind of small ball, I guess.
0: Yeah, and then you've got Dylan, who just picked uh, the middle of the road, you know, like switchable 6'6 to 6'10 guys.
1: No, wings win games, wings win championships.
0: I picked DeMar DeRozan. I don't know what more (laughs) you guys want from me.
1: (laughs) I kind of went with all the small guys, I guess.
2: (laughs) Oh, great stuff. Good week, guys. So I think I'm I'm gonna go uh, start my day and uh, check on my daughter, and um, I'm sure you guys have something to do as well.
1: Yeah, but I think it's dinner time for me.
0: I think it's. Uh... Bedtime for me, so uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this. uh, Hopefully coherent. I'm not really sure. I'm running on energy drinks. uh, (laughs) Podcast. So thank you for listening. Like and follow. Uh, it's, It's been a wonderful, wonderful pod. Thank you, guys, for joining. Thank you.